lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, back with you once again to talk about some more um, awesome and I guess a little bit not so awesome, uh, at least for this week, um, pro wrestling. This week, um, we are diving back into WWE, um, the usually problematic uh, company that it is, <laughs> as it was Royal Rumble week. Um, and, you know, I think that the Royal Rumble is an event that I look forward to probably the most out of anything on the WWE calendar every year. Um, and, you know, myself and um, our resident WWE um, analyst, uh, Daniel Trainer, we'll we'll get into that in our conversation about the this week this year's event, um, but this year's event also was fairly special considering the the amount of um, like new representation that we saw within it. Like yes, there were some problems within the Women's Royal Rumble, but we also saw Mercedes Martinez show up there um, representing, as well as you know Sonya Deville. Um, and like that was rad to see. You know, Shotzi Blackheart is a is someone that I'm a huge fan of, and and it was awesome to see her in the ring there. Um, and all in all, like it, it, the event delivered for the most part. Um, but of course there was some issues there. We'll get into that uh, with Daniel as well as as well as a special guest that we're actually going to get to first here today. Um, originally scheduled for next week on the show, but I had talked to them and get a uh, a trans perspective on the return of Santina Morella. So we're going to jump into our conversation first with uh, the editor and creator of the queer wrestling zine, uh, Wrestling with Gender, Sam Didier, and then uh, we'll jump into our long breakdown with uh with myself and Daniel Trainer from the same team podcast. So enjoy and I apologize that Daniel and I forgot to talk about Becky Lynch and Asuka. It was okay. That that sums it up. It was okay. What's up guys, guys and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the ring. Um, of course, this week we are covering all things Royal Rumble, but before we get to myself and Daniel um, breaking down the event in all of its excruciating detail, um, I wanted to have uh, another guest on to talk about one moment in particular, and I think their outlook adds a lot of uh, value to the conversation, obviously surrounding this one moment, um, and you know, I think that there's no one better really right now to have that discussion about uh, the return of an unfortunate character during the Women's Royal Rumble on Sunday night. Um, please welcome the, I guess, the editor-in-chief of the upcoming uh, wrestling zine, Wrestling with Gender, uh, Sam Didier. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, first off, glad to have you on the show. And um this is a little bit preemptive from when I was originally wanted to have you on, but certain things call for a speed up in <laughs> in certain in these things. So, um, obviously, the return of uh, a character, uh, Santina Morella, during the Women's Royal Rumble, 
caused a uh, pretty significant stir um, within LGBTQ wrestling circles, especially on social media. You know, I've seen a lot of notable um, queer wrestlers, trans wrestlers, especially uh, Candy Lee out of New Zealand, talking extensively about their feelings about seeing the return of Santino Morella, um, which basically, for those that aren't in the know, it's basically Santino Morella, the WWE wrestler dressed in drag, but playing it up as being a separate person. And she came into the women's like the women's battle royal back in uh, I think it was WrestleMania 25 in the same city in Houston, and and became basically won the title Miss WrestleMania by winning a women's battle royal, and they played it up for last. Then they brought it back this year, like 11 years later, and played it up for laughs again. Um, and I don't know. It just obviously it frustrated me. I I know it frustrated you, Sam, as well. But I'm oh, just curious, yes. what, what were your, like the what were your feelings like seeing this all play out? So I am a very new wrestling fan. I have only been watching for not even two years, I think. Um, and so I had no idea who this person was or their history, but like just seeing, I think the first thing I saw on Twitter was maybe like a gif um, of the entrance and like my immediate reaction is just like, why? Just why? Um, I guess I would say that I have not been interested in WWE for quite a while, pretty much since I probably since WrestleMania last year was the last I really watched it consistently. So like I, this just confirmed why I don't watch it. Um, and I don't blame people who do, of course, but it's just consistently being disappointed by what I see. And so like this in particular, a lot of the discourse that I've seen on Twitter, which is pretty much personally my only entry point into the discussion is like I guess like trans people that I know are just over it don't even really want to talk about it because it's just so tired and just done um but then other people are up in arms about it I mean, there's definitely been a, a difference in reaction from the trans community and from like, you know, cisgender uh, queer people, cisgender, you know, heterosexual people. You know, there's there's been yeah. a different dichotomy between the reactions. I'd say. I do like I guess what I see is a lot of people saying like, oh, this like took away a spot from the women who could have been in it, and um, that is very true. And I agree with that. But when I personally talked about the issue of transphobia, that's like immediately what cis people come back to is, oh, yeah, sure, maybe it's transphobic, but it's more important that it took a place for the women. Um, and I don't think you can say one is more important than the other, but I just would like to be able to state what my feelings are on it. And 
not have to hear, oh, I'm, I'm, what I specifically said on Twitter was that I don't trust, or this is a reason that I don't trust cis people, um, mm. which is a blanket statement. I am aware of that, and it's not completely accurate. There are a lot of cis people that I trust, but in general, I have seen enough people not understanding where I'm coming from and what hurts me and makes me feel like less of a person that it's just exhausting basically and to have it be on like such a big platform again 11 years later like you said is just too much to handle for a lot of us I think I mean, I don't think anybody would fault you for, for having those feelings, you know, and I think I, I, I've had a similar experience in terms of like seeing the differing reactions from different communities online. You know, obviously the trans community and, and trans allies, like some trans allies even have like gone on, like the first thing that I saw was like, you know, transphobia from the return of this character. And then of course you had other people you know, like like you said, saying like it took away a spot from the women, which that's that is also a valid criticism of of the return of this character. But then, like I also had like cis hat people like saying like I I at least had one cis hat person tell me that like they they saw this as valid in a way as like WWE bringing back an old problematic character having the old problematic character be scared off by the women in the match and eliminate himself as a way of saying like we're progressing we're we're stopping this sort of practice and I'm like I just cannot get behind that reaction at all or that absolutely Um, I've seen uh, like a similar line of thought that like uh, from people that I like personally know that we're like it would have been okay if it was like a backstage segment and he never made it into the rumble but he was like wanting to and they stopped it and I disagree with that even because he's still getting paid for it and like we know that he has made transphobic statements even out of character besides the fact that he plays a transphobic character and I don't think there's any place for people like that in wrestling and I know it's difficult to make that change in the WWE specifically and they have a long history but I just don't think there's a reason for it. No, there isn't, because simply having the character on television is enough to bring the criticism about, honestly. Like, like you brought to my... I hadn't even realized that, that they had shot, like, a, a WWE.com exclusive, yeah. like, backstage segment with, with, um, with uh, Morella for, like, after the Rumble match or whatever, and you brought that to my, to my attention through our conversation. I yeah. went and watched that. I'd argue that's actually worse than having the character show up in the match in some ways. Just like the way that he was speaking about like IDing as as a woman and like talking about like how, you know, like the people wanted 
wanted them back and all this other yeah. stuff like it just it just came across so gross especially considering the what you brought up um anthony sorelli the the man who portrays santino morella um his comments back uh, earlier last year where he basically like criticized um having trans women uh wrestle other women like cis women yeah. um which is super fucking gross um yeah. so yeah like and I, there's just there's no way to sugarcoat this in in my view Abs- absolutely um and again like from the perspective of a newer fan if this was the first wrestling show that I had watched, I would never watch again. That's, I don't have more to say than that. I, I just, it would completely turn me off. And only the fact that I know that there is better stuff out there is what keeps me coming back to wrestling. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody would fault anyone that would tune out from pro wrestling if, if that was their first experience with it, especially within a marginalized community like that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate that 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 happened. It's more than unfortunate actually. That's a very soft critical <laughs> word to use for what we just saw considering how I literally wanted to turn off the show when I saw that happen. Yeah. Um, but can't do that because I have to Talk about it critically. Anyway, um, well, anyway, uh, Sam, I, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to talk about um, this 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 uh, certain aspect of the show yeah. with me. Um, any any final thoughts on it, or just want to leave it where it is? I think I said what I needed to say. Good deal. Thanks, Sam. We, I guess we're on the road WrestleMania now because the Royal Rumble happened. Even if I didn't remember it, it was going to happen until like right before it happened because, dear God, this, I don't know, it, we've just been inundated with stuff. Um, but of course, if it's a WWE event that we need to break down, there's only one person that, that we bring onto the show to help deconstruct the Royal Rumble. And that is uh, from the same team podcast, Mr. Daniel Trainer. Daniel, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me back. I have to say, Brian, the uh, Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view, favorite event of the year. So I'm excited to be here to chat about it. Same here. Like, honestly, that's that's one reason why I was so perplexed as to why I, it had just fallen off on my radar until basically Saturday morning. There's a lot going on in the wrestling world these days, Brian. It's hard to oh. keep track of everything. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> but I don't know, it was just it's interesting just because like the Royal Rumble is definitely the show that I look forward to every year. It's the most exciting show, I would say, uh, for uh, probably the same the same reasons that, that you feel it is. So just the Rumble match itself, like kind of packs in a lot of surprises and a lot of like mysteries that are yeah. going to be set up. Plus, you're like setting up a bunch of things for wrestlemania and beyond as well so right. like, it's really like a, a to borrow a phrase from another wrestling promotion it's truly a new beginning <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah i mean i think the rumble is great because i you know i love the royal rumble matches and now we get two 
um, and we can get into the quality of both of those this year. But I, I, I look forward to the women's one just as much as I do the men's. And those are just so fun. They, you know, the surprises, the anticipation, the unpredictability of it, you know, it could go so many different ways. And just I think it also plays into my sort of short attention span where, you know, every 90 seconds or whatever, there's a, a shiny new person coming in. It's just like so exciting for an hour or whoever, you know, however long it ends up being. Uh, so those matches are great. And yeah. And then we get to be set off on this road to WrestleMania. Yeah. And like, you know, WrestleMania is great. We all, you know, we all look forward to that, but I think the day after WrestleMania, we're all like exhausted. And it's like, God, that was so long. And I don't, I, I didn't feel that way with the rumble this year. And I, I rarely do. I, I, pretty much always come out with a good taste in my mouth from the rumble. Cause it's just, it's such a fun show. No, definitely. Especially considering that it was only about like, like a f- just over four hour, like main card throw on the pre-show and it's like right. a six hour thing. It's not the bloated, like eight to nine hours that we're undoubtedly going to get from Tampa in April. Um, but you know, it's okay. Cause like we have our thing to hold on to here that we can adore from WWE. Even if, uh, this year's Rumble event definitely packed in some things that are worthy of some of some takedowns. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm excited. Uh, to see what those are? Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're they're there. I have some feelings, but we'll we'll get to I those after they come I'm, up. I'm 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 working through them still as I'm thinking about the show. I was thinking about this today about like exactly what i have to say about this show and i think i'm still working through a lot of those things so it might we'll see where things go i'm excited to chat with you oh definitely um before we get into the show proper though i will say um you know, in previous uh shows that we've done together you have mentioned this crazy rumble spreadsheet that you put <laughs> together and i unfortunately i i got it and i and you sent it my way and i read through everything and i was set to do my stuff but then i got sidetracked with personal stuff on saturday and i ended up not being able to to complete it until after the show was over i hadn't watched the show yet but i felt like in all like fairness like i can't sit here like even though i haven't been spoiled on anything it's just not fair of me to like fill in everything but still like just seeing that in all of its glory jesus i it's it's intense like i uh yeah, and the thing that makes it even more intense and maybe even more depressing is that very often it's just myself and my cousin <laughs> who do it. <laughs> uh, so this year was we had a few, we had five, I think what five or six people filled it out for the rumble, so that was fun. It's always more fun when a few more people get involved. But yeah, like I started making these pay per view spreadsheets a few years ago just because it's fun. I don't know, it, it plays into like this weird part of my personality and so i like like love a list and i love like a predictions contest i don't know i do it for like award shows and wrestling and i don't know i just love it um but yeah it's very intense and i have to say my cousin who listens to this uh i think will listen to this travis uh on the rumble for the rumble on sunday beat me by one point which is it all comes down to he uh he predicted the women's rumble very well uh so he uh he took me out there but yeah it's really fun i mean if anybody wants to i do for every pay-per-view if anybody wants to get involved just hit me up on twitter i'll send it your way for elimination chamber in however many weeks that is oh yes and i'm definitely into that as well so even though i didn't get to do it this time around like i that is right up my alley i love doing that sort of shit (laughs) so it just makes like it just makes you know 
like tables, ladders, and chairs more fun. You know, like a show that maybe you're not necessarily that amped on when there's a predictions contest involved. At least there's something to sort of grab onto. Exactly. Um, but honestly, like this show had a lot to grab onto in and of itself. Um, I would say like, you know, barring the criticisms that are definitely going to be coming, like this was probably like definitely better to me personally. This was better than last year's Rumble show. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I thought it was, yeah. I mean, just overall before, without getting into any specifics, I guess, I really came away feeling really good about the show. And like we were saying earlier, to me, it didn't feel overly long. I mean, I know all these shows are so long now, but like by the end of it, I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't like ready for it to be over. You know, I, I think that the rumble match itself is so fun for that. Like, you know, just, you know, because of, how the match plays itself out. It's tough to get bored. Although <laughs> I don't know the first half of this match, maybe we'll chat about that, but oh, um, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't clamoring for the show to be over. Didn't feel overly long. I, I left with a pretty good taste in my mouth. Yeah. Same here. Especially like, you know, the rumble in and of like, I guess like the rumble really is defined by the, the last moment especially considering that most of the time the Rumble match is the main event on these shows. Um, and it could really be made or broken by who wins that match That's and who sure, ends yeah. up doing the sign pointing at the end. Um, and the fact that they went with Drew McIntyre, like it was a, it was a very um, logical choice, I think. Um, I, I know there's been some scuttlebutt about, uh, you know, uh, endings being changed, winners being changed, uh, but like that match, having McIntyre come out on top and being the last image that you see was like, I think that was pretty good. Even if they have rushed his like face turn and, and push here pretty quickly. Well, you know, I think it's been a little bit rushed, but I also think it's working better than I ever thought it would. Like, I, his reaction on Sunday, I thought was really great. The crowd was really there for him. And then last night on Raw, too, uh, they were just, like, eating out the palm of his hand. So I, I think what they're doing with him is really good and, and interesting. They're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, it's just sort of this guy, veteran, who has been around and is finally getting his chance on the big stage. You know, it's a storyline we've seen done a million times. But I think he has the charisma to do it, and I think he's – a guy who's believable in in perhaps beating Brock. I think the two of them make an interesting pair. So they're not doing anything revolutionary with him, but maybe they don't need to necessarily because I think it's it's working pretty well. I mean, you know, WrestleMania isn't for a long time still. So like we, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to fill the, these next couple months before Tampa. It's going to need to be something a little bit more than what they're doing now. But um, for now, I'm 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 into it. I'm on board. No, same here. Like I like I feel like the turn was rushed and and it's also a a one in a list of uh turns that we've seen that really have come out of left field recently. For sure. For WWE. Told- yeah. So like but but outside of that though, I like I remember like this this Drew McIntyre reminds me of the Drew Galloway that I saw in ICW. Like it reminds me of whenever he got back on the indie scene after his first run in WWE. And if they can capture any, like even just a modicum of that charisma of that character into this Drew McIntyre, who frankly in Drew McIntyre in the WWE has been a void of charisma. Yes. For the most part, 
but like he's he's got something now that he's tapping back into right. you know, whatever whatever was able to get him back on people's tongues whenever he went back to the indies and you know if he if they can hold on to that and they can keep cultivating that like they have the chance to make a real bona fide like babyface star the first one that they've been able to make for a long time honestly yeah yeah for sure yeah i agree with all that yeah um but we'll we'll, we'll get there we'll get to the the men's rebel match here let's 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 dial it back to the beginning do do we want to talk about the pre-show or any of the other stuff from like from Worlds Collide or anything like that? Because like honestly, because of that stuff, it really didn't feel like a major WWE pay-per-view weekend in some ways. Like having yeah. Worlds Collide as opposed to a takeover, like was kind it's of even, odd. It was odd. I it, I mean, I think sort of the hype and build around Worlds Collide was was pretty muted and it was it was kind of confusing and there really wasn't that much build to any of the stuff on the card but i i was just saying to you off air before we started i I loved the show i kind of went in with not low expectations because you look at the card and you're like all right i mean this should be great but i'm not that excited about it i don't feel that invested in it and it was great i thought it was on par with the best takeovers ever i mean i i thought it was really great and i'm i'm down for that be you know becoming a yearly thing the the saturday before the rumble give us this world's collide thing and then you know a few weeks later get a takeover kind of spread it out a little bit i would be fine with that um i don't yeah i don't know that there's that much to take away from world's collide other than i think walter is turned into really something and and the fans love him i mean the, the crowd on saturday was just amped for him and i think if they take their time with him i think there's something very intriguing there whether that's you know a brock lesnar opponent at some point i i think that could be really really fascinating but yeah world's collide was great i you know i don't know that there's not much to take away from it like i said but if anybody didn't check it out or didn't watch it for some reason i i would urge you to go back every single match i thought was was very good to outstanding so yeah it was a great show yeah, from what I understand about the show, I haven't seen all the Worlds Collide yet. Um, I, I main, The main match I've seen so far is the Finn Balor-Ilya Dragunov match, and that, that match delivered in droves. Um, if you are a fan of just pure athletic in-ring work, that is, like, top-notch. Like, and that's really what I've gathered from, like, reading about the show and hearing other people react to the show, is that from a wrestling standpoint, Worlds Collide was outstanding. But yeah, it was still. Yeah, but but for me, like, there's just something about like these NXT shows, the takeover shows have packed in, like, they always have like something on the the line, like without removing the stakes from it, like without having like title matches or like actual like really well built up rivalries, like just basically yeah. relying on this NXT versus NXT UK stuff, which they did. Yeah. Literally the same thing at Survivor Series, like no, like two months ago. So like it's literally just a Survivor Series on a smaller scale because less people watch NXT UK. I think also though, I think what they're trying to do maybe slightly is is make the takeovers a bigger deal almost by putting them on a separate weekend and and sort of making them into you know, uh, essentially just another kind of pay-per-view. I mean, the, the card in Portland, which is in a, what, a couple weeks, a few weeks, is, uh, yeah, is going to be great. It's going to be like an awesome show. So I'm excited. And like, 
I don't know. I, I, I think that I, I think the stakes being a little bit lower for a show like that on Saturday, I think they're okay with. Um, and you sort of treat that as a show that you get to have some dream matches that you can only have once a year. And, uh, and I think that's okay. I mean, I, I cert- it's a different thing to be sure. And I do think it makes the, the entire weekend feel a little bit more slight. But I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I think I I I love the show and like I, I think you're exactly right in the sense that the stakes aren't really there. I mean, there was one title match, but you're not getting like you know you know, oh I guess no there are a couple because the women's match. But like we knew, I mean, we knew who was going to win that match because she had Rhea Ripley has another match, another title match in a few weeks. But so yeah. I mean, the stakes the stakes were low. But but yeah, it, it delivered from a wrestling standpoint. I was I was a huge fan, so I'm I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot to love from the show. It's just like I don't, I don't know. For me personally, it just it didn't hit the same way, and it just didn't. It just and because of that, like it just, yeah. I don't know. I I have to go back and watch the entire show. But like I, let's put it this way: like if I, this this was a good like PWG esque show in that way, like where you don't necessarily yeah. have the storylines going through. It's just you go there to watch wrestlers wrestle. Yes. and like and I'm totally fine with a show like that. And I'm also totally fine with taking these the takeovers to the next level like they are. Like if they're gonna yeah. start treating those like their own pay-per-view events, that's perfectly fine. Just make sure that the events that you pair up, if you continue to pair up NXT events with major WWE pay-per-view events, then make sure that those have at least somewhat of a similar feel to that. You know, like I, I yeah. I'm fine with Worlds Collide being like if you want to do that every rumble and make that a staple of that weekend, that's perfectly fine. But you need to make sure that the other events if they're not takeovers, at least have something to let fans buy into that at least makes them feel like there's an importance to watch it. Because honestly, I can say right. when we're collide, it sounded like an awesome show. What I saw was great. I didn't feel like it was must see. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Imperium beats uh, Undisputed Era in the main event in just like an unbelievable match, I thought. But, you know, they win and you're like, Okay, but what 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 now? You know, they just they kind of yeah. just go back to their individual shows, and I guess they have bragging rights. But yeah, I mean, other than that, there's nothing there. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and you know, they'll they'll make tweaks. They they they've been able to. If there's anything that they haven't messed up yet, it's NXT. So I know, and God, I know from your lips to God's ears, I hope they don't because it's uh, I'm loving it. I'm not going yeah, the wood then, right now. I know. And then, uh, yeah, kickoff show on Sunday, but there were two matches. It was, well, actually it, interesting, like the Seamus Shorty G match, which is something I watched, um, which <laughs> I, I thought was actually like really good and like interesting, but I was shocked at how it played out. Like I kind of thought Seamus would just squash and like, it was like Shorty G, but I can't watch. I, I'm calling him Chad Gable. Uh, Please call him Chad Gable. <laughs> I get, yeah, Shorty G. Uh, Chad Gable looked looked awesome. I mean, he's an incredible in-ring performer, but he looked great and, like, carried the offense in that match. Like, it was like Sheamus escaped with the victory, which is not how I saw that match playing out at all. Um, a little bit interesting. Like, they didn't, I don't know, they kind of made Sheamus look like a chump, um, which is a strange decision for his first sort of like big match back, but whatever. I thought it was an interesting match, honestly. And then we get, you know, Andrade Humberto version 575 or whatever. Um, and the two of them are always going to put on a good match because they're 
great. Um, and it was fine. It was a match I've seen 575 times, but um, it was good, you know. And now, I mean, I guess the big news with that is that Andrade is out for yeah. a while. Which is so strange. I mean, I don't know. It's always weird to me when guys get hit or guys or girls get hit with like the wellness policy violations. I'm just like, what? I don't know. I want more information. Like what happened? Like what? Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. But so now he's gone for a month. So I guess that belt just kind of floats around and doesn't do anything for a month, which maybe isn't the total end of the world. No, it's not. And plus that you don't have to run back and do, you know, Andrade Carrillo, Andrade Rey Mysterio, like whatever you have for like the next month. You can right. save that for a little while. Because, yeah. you know, whichever way they go, I have a feeling they're going to be doubling back to Andrade Mysterio for Mania, but I don't know. I know. That's I been thinking... the assumption for three years of running now. I know. I was thinking that today. I was like, because I was sort of like starting to fantasy book the Mania card, which is always a dangerous thing. Cause then I I look up and it's five hours later and I have a headache and I can't <laughs> how they're going to ever get any of these people on the card. But I I, I think it would be cool if, just and it's not the most creative thing, but I would love it, Mania. Just some like six way match, put in some ladders if you want. Make it as cliche as you want. It's not that exciting of a booking idea, but I mean, with the talent they have, you put Andrade, Mysterio, Humberto, Ricochet. Uh, I don't know two other guys. I mean, I hope Alistair has something better to do than that. But you put I mean, Cedric in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, somebody like that. And maybe Al. I mean, I, I want Alistair to be on the card. I think he will be. I, like, he's some he, he's somebody when I, you, you start making, like, a fantasy WrestleMania card, you're like, well, what's he going to do? And then, like, and all yeah. of a sudden you're at 25 matches. And you're like, well, <laughs> this is going to start on Thursday. Um, so, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I Yeah, there's there's a lot of potential there for that mid card. And, and they're sort of scratching the surface with it a little bit. It feels like we're getting the same matches over and over. But um, with the talent they have, I hope I hope they do something with Andrade at, at Mania. That is uh, – that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, they have to, I think. like, And I, I don't think this is going to necessarily impede him. It is interesting that you have like three wellness violations in quick succession after not having one for nearly four years, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's odd. You know, yeah, I don't know. End of the, you know, he misses what he's going to miss three or four raws, you know, and he'll be back uh, maybe even in time for the next pay per view. I don't know if I looked at the calendar. I'm not sure. Like it's really, you know, he'll be back in time just just in time for uh, Super Showdown. Oh my god! Hooray! I I can't. I know it just makes me sad. I I like to pretend that those don't exist. I've never. Well, I think I did maybe watch the first one, which I'm not proud to say. But I haven't watched any of those since, and just don't even. I don't even care. I I'm not that excited to see the Fiend versus Kane. Oh God! Fight Jesus. in Saudi Arabia. What an absolute yeah. nightmare. We'll talk <laughs> about the Fiend later. I I'm back. I've switched back, Brian. <laughs> Oh no, because I think we might have reversed. We we were ships crossing in the night. I, I think. <laughs> I don't even know, honestly. Honestly, I don't even know how I feel about him. I have many complex thoughts. We we'll, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yes, we will. We will. Um, I speaking about the pre-show, like I think I agree with you on both of those matches. They are both fine for what they were. I think it's pitiful that they are putting on these matches while the crowd is still coming in. So they're basically 
like especially Umberto and Andrade, they're basically pulling like very elaborate acrobatic lucha moves to a literally a quarter, like a three quarters empty baseball stadium. And it's super frustrating to see them like I will say for that. I will say I had a a good friend of mine was there, mm. my friend Matt, who who goes to like every major paper he is living my dream life. Um and he said that getting in was an absolute nightmare. He said there were like only like five sort of like uh stalls open to get people in. He said he was outside wow. the outside the stadium for like ever, got there with plenty of time and still I think missed both kickoff show matches. So while I certainly agree, but also did you notice there were so many empty seats on the floor on oh, Sunday? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like so many. Like it was really uncomfortable. Like it was and I'm wondering if those just went unsold because they were so crazy expensive or what the deal is. But there were so many empty seats on the floor on Sunday, which was like a, a, a pretty bad look. I mean, that you could tell that they were trying to uh, just not show those and really cut around those. But it was it was pretty evident. I mean, there were like hundreds of empty seats on the floor. No, there definitely were, which was surprising that, that they left them empty because I know typically they'll try and like fill that in. Um, right. If if they if they you know don't have confirmed like ticket uh, ticketed attendees uh-huh. there, so like I don't know, especially considering that your opening match, which we're about to get to now, basically took place I in, know. entirely in I, the crowd. I thought that same thing. I was like, this is going to be awkward if they go in, and they sort of did. You like they're you know they're they're fighting on the floor, and all of a sudden they're just like all these empty chairs it was kind of weird it was it was a little uncomfortable but yeah the uh the opening match featuring my favorite wrestler of all time king corbin yes good old kinky boy king corbin <laughs> and and roman reigns for the 20th time that's going that 20th <laughs> i'm probably underselling month yes God, so we had Roman Reigns in what Michael Cole called his, uh, his, I guess his, um, I can't remember the exact words that he used, but basically like his signature match at this point. I think he said on the commentary, uh, the Falls Count Anywhere match. Well, well I mean, Corbin. what a signature match to have. Yes. I, you know, the thing about this match is I actually did enjoy it. And I think that Roman and, and Corbin are two very skilled, good wrestlers. They know how to put on a good match. I think making it a Files Count Anywhere match was very smart. I kind of wish they'd, like, I don't know, gone up to the concourse or something. Like, you're in a baseball stadium. Like, how many times you're going to have the opportunity to, like, I don't know, do something that you wouldn't be able to do in just a normal arena or I don't know, whatever. That's nitpicky. But, um, you know, I do love when a porta potty gets involved. Um, I think that's... I think that's just great, high-class wrestling. But I I thought it was fun. I mean, you know, what are these guys going to do? They've wrestled so many times. This feud sucks. They know it. Everybody knows it. They had fun with it. I, I thought it was a great way to kick off the show. I think putting it first was smart because, you know, the crowd wasn't going to really shit on it, no pun intended, with the porta potty But it was it was good. Like, I, I enjoyed myself. You know, it was it was it was exactly what it was and it didn't need to really be anything more. And I had a good time. And hopefully this feud is over. But I don't know. I mean, again, it's interesting not to 
derail this again. I have no idea. Well, I don't know. I think I know what's happening SmackDown wise for Mania. We can talk about that later if there's time. But um, yeah, I thought it was a fun way to open the show. Yeah, like like so many matches on this show, honestly, like it was a tale of two halves. Um, yeah, the first like. Th- First off, the, the match went like oh, like tw- twenty one minutes, twenty two minutes. Um, the first half of that, where they were in the ring and they first got into the crowd, and the, like Roman just kept putting Corbin through table after table after table, with like no build up. Like that stuff was like it felt very much like their TLC match, where it was like hard, it was like hardcore elements, but in the most implemented in the most boring way. Like it, right. it felt it dragged for a long time up until Dolph and Rude and the Usos showed up. That like right. really injected something into that match. I really hope that uh, that Jey Uso is okay after that that dive that he took. Yeah, what a bump to take in a match that you're not even in. Yes, God, like it was just it was crazy. Um, but then, like, whenever they did get back to Roman and, and Corbin after that, that's whenever you got a little bit more, uh, it, it was a little bit more interesting. Like, and they, yes, the porta potty always, like, it's fun, even if I'm like shaking my head and like, like squeezing the bridge of my nose while I look at it. Like, I get it. It's WWE. They, it's Vince McMahon. He likes his poop humor. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Vince McMahon. No. Um, Brian I'm honestly. True. Yes, I'm honestly surprised that he had some restraint and didn't actually have Corbin come out with, like, shit all over him. I thought the same thing. I was shocked. I was like, so they're going to put him in the porta potty but not really utilize it? Like, I was shocked he didn't come out covered in shit. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm thankful that he didn't, but also I was like, that's a really odd thing for a Vince McMahon porta potty spot. For him to just come out completely dry. Um, and like I said, then, I think that yeah. I think that match benefits so greatly from being the first match on the card because the crowd is into it. You're at home, you're into it because it's you know you're still awake and fresh and excited about the show. And you know, I think if you're putting Baron Corbin in a porta potty three hours into the show, it's like, oh my god, just get this over with. But I think I think being on first really helped that match. You know, and they can you know, oh god, how are these two going to recover for the Rumble? And, you know, whatever. But uh, I think being first really helped it. And I, I thought the whole show was laid out really well, um, which I think benefited a lot of the matches and I think was a little bit detrimental despite being laid out really well to one of the matches that we'll talk about later. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thought they did it. I, I thought they did it pretty well. Yeah, and I really like the finish as well. Like, if there's this, like, you're talking about, like, taking oh, advantage yeah. of a baseball stadium, like, having him spear corbin on top of the dugout yeah it's great part like that's pretty rad it's great it's great uh you know what yeah i love it match of the year <laughs> uh, but um i agree to disagree oh <laughs> yeah but like i i really like a match that can utilize the unique features of the building that they're in like like that's something that will always speak to me so i'm very happy to see that they pulled that off there mm-hmm. um and then, of course, after that, we ran into the the women's rumble match, which I think similarly, like I look forward to the women's match as well. I I really liked how they've like built the women's rumble matches in the short history that they have had them. You know, the first one kind of being yeah. this celebration of where like the two generations kind of coming together 
to like celebrate where the women's uh where women's wrestling in WWE has come um in the past like 10 to 15 years for 20 years at this point um yeah. and then like last year was more like a regular rumble where it's like mostly people that are on the roster and and it hell it, it felt more like traditional in that sense and of course it capped off with becky lynch just basically blowing the roof off of chase field um if chase field even has a roof i don't know i haven't been to the diamondback stadium in uh, i think it does i think it's retractable maybe okay i think it was probably i think it was probably closed last year that makes sense um but then and then this year's rumble was kind of like it felt a little bit like a hybrid like you had the the typical surprise elements like surprise entrance of uh what the men's rumble has been defined by for so long but also like it just it some some things didn't click in the same way and then and we'll we'll get to the most egregious part of this match in my opinion but we'll we'll get there at that oh, point I, I don't even know what you're i don't even know what you're talking about uh well should we leave with that then should we get should we get the negative out of the way and and, and oh, may, well, maybe I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued because okay. you say it, I'll probably know what you're talking about. I can't think of what what it could be though. Santina. Oh right, God! How could I forget? Yeah, of course that. Yeah, it's it's unfathomable to me that I mean, of course it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's the most obvious thing. It's WWE, it's whatever. But I'm like, like. Come on. Is there nobody who can say, hey, it's 2020. We should not be doing this. It's not, it's not even funny. Like, I think, I think Santino back in the day was actually a pretty gifted comedic performer and brought a lot to that character and and went further with that than maybe he had any right to. But the Santina stuff is so egregiously bad and awkward that it, it there's no there's no rationale for it. I mean, it just it shouldn't be happening. It's just not it's just not acceptable. Um, yeah, I I hated that. I'm so I'm I'm right with you. Yeah, I mean, like I and there's been a lot of discussion about that, not just within you know LGBTQ wrestling twitter but like wrestling twitter as a whole like people with their takes and like different things the thing is like it's it's offensive to trans people it's offensive to 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 female fans uh it's it's offensive to like fans in general of women's pro wrestling like it's it's all around there's no positive that comes out of having santina morella show up in the women's rumble even if you do get to no. see beth phoenix and naomi give the most like fucking done with it looks that they have ever given in their life <laughs> like those that was the only say like silver lining for that was to see naomi be like i am about to fuck up this person for showing up <laughs> i have to say i have always loved naomi and maybe it's just the fact that she's been gone man i loved her in this match. I thought she looked better than she's ever looked. I thought she was so dynamic, so great. I love Naomi and I'm so ready for her to be back and like getting into some sort of major program. I hope she is, she is fucking awesome. I love her. Yes. She has been sorely missed from this division and especially coming back that I did the, her fucking like look like coming back, like with like the natural hair, the fro, just like everything, just oh, 
It felt so good. It made it that much I know. better. It to really, she was, it was like, it really was like a breath of fresh air. And like, yeah, she's great. I, I, yeah, I, I thought she was, I thought she was phenomenal. But yeah, listen, Santina, am I surprised that it happened? No. Um, am I happy to call it out? Yes. Um, yeah. And that's that on that. Yeah. And that's honestly all that needs to be said about it. It sucked. It doesn't need to, be, it doesn't belong anywhere. Anywhere. Much less pro wrestling. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, with that out of the way, let's talk about the good of this match because there was a ton of good in this match. Yes. Um, I, I think feel that... like I, I feel like I like this match more than you. But go on. I don't know about that because, like, I really, I, I really, I really dug this match. Um, I think oh, that okay. it, it was honestly, I think it was in some ways better than the men's rumble this year. Um, mostly because I liked the whole match as opposed to only right. half of it, but, <laughs> um, sure, like, sure, sure. yeah, like, but they, they utilized the time that they had very well. They came out of this making, I think two legitimate stars while like, I guess like coronating the one that's already been coronated in a way, you know, like you come out of this, you no, know, like Bianca Belair is Woo! by far like the top woman on NXT that is not holding a championship right now coming out of this match. Shayna Baszler is a fucking world killer <laughs> coming out of this match. <laughs> um, and then you end up like giving Charlotte the one accolade that she hasn't been able to, to grab yet in WWE um, and send her on her way to WrestleMania where she, I guess I've seen reports where like, she might be challenging Rhea Ripley. I don't, I don't want to buy into that. Just I don't want to speculate about that. Oh, I have no. not seen that. That is very interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to give that much. I don't want to discuss it too much because I don't really. It's, it's it's like a circular like dumbness to try and figure out what they're going to do until they actually do something about it. But and listen, that circular dumbness. One of my favorite hmm. things to talk about. Oh, I I get it. <laughs> yeah, but, there, uh, but yeah, there there are yeah, there are like two levels to this match for me. There's one, the match itself, and then there's two, like where do we go from here? Which I think is really really interesting. But yeah, keep uh going. Yeah, those I think that you know in that way, like those were the highlights of the match. I would say also the fact that I got to see like I I understand that not many people might be like big fans of Mighty Molly, uh, but. I, as someone who played a shit ton of WrestleMania X8 on the GameCube growing <laughs> up, uh, Mighty Molly and the Hurricane are two of my favorites. You were excited to see Mighty Molly, whereas I think I stood up and clapped once my girl Kelly Kelly came out. Now, let me mm-hmm. tell you, Kelly Kelly, is Kelly Kelly a good wrestler? No, absolutely not. Do I love her? Yeah. Do I know why? No, I don't. But I get very like I get very excited when I see her. I don't know why. I think she's just like very dynamic. Like she, she obviously harkens back to another era. No, like it was funny seeing her in the ring with like a Charlotte or uh, or you know whoever. I mean anybody else in that ring. She looks so different. I mean she's like looks like a model basically. Not you know these other women are just like athletes. And it was. It's just funny seeing her, but I don't know. I, I it was great seeing old Cal Cal. I loved it. No, they were very strategic about who they brought back from the the past generation um, for this match. Like, I think Beth Phoenix was a very very good option. Um, uh, although... Beth Phoenix, who who died during the match, that God. was 
wild. Yeah, I still don't know where exactly she like gassed her her back. Oh, of her I head. saw. Oh, I saw. I saw it happen. It was oh, okay. Bian it was she and Bianca. I can't remember exactly the circumstance, but they were up on the turnbuckle together, and Beth went back and slammed her head on the top of the of the post of like Ooh, the. Yikes. Whatever the LED post now, whatever you even, whatever that's even called, I guess. She nailed her head on that. And right when I saw it, I was like, oh shit, that looks really bad. And then she comes up and she's like bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and oof, it was, it was brutal. I mean, but what a legend to like stay in there and keep going. I mean, man, Beth, I mean, we've all known this forever, but you know, Beth Phoenix is just unreal. What a weekend for. The, the Copeland family, my God. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, I think I saw, um, oh, no, you're fine. I think I saw the tweet from Beth where like, they're talking about like they got a sitter. What do you want to do for date night? <laughs> just, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought the match was really, was really great. I, I, I thought it was really booked very well. I like, see, and this is a broader thing, but I like the fact that going into it, we only knew what five or six people, whereas the men's match, we know we knew like 25 or 26 or whatever. And we could probably guess in an educated manner, like who is going to be in each match. But I like the fact that it was so NXT heavy. I, I, it just felt more unpredictable and it felt more up in the air in a way that I think the men's match maybe quite didn't, but um, the, I, I thought it was great. And the thing with, I mean, Bianca, is such a star. The thing that worries me is that now she's booked against Rhea at Takeover, and I assume loses. Um, so it and not that a loss to Rhea Ripley at a Takeover takes away all the steam that she has, but it is interesting that she comes off this amazing Rumble and is probably headed into a high-profile loss. But here's my question, and I don't know. I, I haven't really been on social media that much in in the past couple of days. Where was Sasha Banks? From what I understand about Sasha Banks, is I was surprised that she wasn't there either. But they've also been because doing they like, ad she they advert I mean not ad they said she was in the match. Yeah, I mean, and and she's been like they've been doing obviously they've been doing this kind of bait and switch thing with her on SmackDown where she's been supposed right. to wrestle Lacey Evans, but at the last second there's a reason why she can't. From what I understand, she's injured. Um, it hasn't been disclosed by WWE, but from everything that I've, that I've read around the event, um, she has an undisclosed injury and that's why and apparently Kelly Kelly was a replacement for her. I see. I saw, yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The, the Sasha thing is, is fascinating. I mean, I, obviously when, you know, there's a, a high-profile women's match like that. It feels sort of empty without her there. I, I hope they can build to something with her for Mania, whatever that is is going to be. But um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I, I I did not know that, so that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and and obviously, I do not think that they would have kept her out of that match if she would have been medically cleared to go, could just based off of you know having the sheer amount just having the the amount of people that you need for that match so but i i yeah. did see too that like she she commented on like a chris jericho instagram post i don't know if you saw that like he posted some photo from his jericho cruise and she commented like book me 
Oh, yeah, I did see that. And I was wondering if, like, they were punishing her for that, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I hope not. I, I don't know. There's so many different things that swirl around Sasha Banks. Like, not like, that's not, it's not bad or anything. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to really tell what's, what exactly is going on with her at any given point. Um, I know. It really is. Yeah. Um, but really the only like misfire other than the the glaring Santino one was in this match for me, like wrestling wise, was um why would you have both Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in this match and not have them interact at all? <laughs> right. Like that like I I get that this is a WWE show, it's not an NXT show, and with Vince at the helm, he might not understand exactly what is going on. In storyline down never there, heard of, never heard of either of them. No, but like it's a huge like chance to be able to, to keep that rivalry going, especially after you know Tegan was out for as long as she was um, after Dakota Kai's turn, and they're, they're building up to. I think they're having a match on NXT TV pretty soon. On, so, I think this, I think this Wednesday. Yeah. So like it would have been perfect time to have another like another chance to kind of build up some anticipation for that to have them interact in the match, but it was just tossed to the wayside. It seems like it seemed like um, everybody on commentary really did not understand, like didn't know what was going on in storyline with NXT. Um, I will say on they got into. I mean, yes, I hundred percent agree. At, they got into it at Worlds Collide, which almost makes it. Stranger, I guess, that they didn't have any sort of like moment. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe they might just be worried that, you know, a rumble crowd just isn't aware of what's going on in NXT. And maybe they want some sort of, some sort of crowd reaction to that. Maybe they're just concerned that the people who are just strictly watching WWE would have no context for sort of that kind of moment. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but also just like the fact that you have you're building up Bianca as strong as you are, and then there's no mention of yeah. her match with Rhea Ripley on commentary, like it's just crazy to me. Well, I can say a lot of things about commentary, honestly, uh, and I I feel like I rail against the commentary every time. The good here's the good. The good news: I love Tom Phillips. I'm so I don't know why any of this is happening. I didn't know this was happening. I didn't know Tom Phillips was like coming back to Raw and coming back in a major way. I don't, but I'm happy that it has. I think he's great. Um, Jerry the King Lawler is an absolute disgrace. And, yep. like, needs to be gone. It is unbelievable. And you, there's palpable tension between him and Tom and whoever else. They're, like, he, like, keeps getting stuff wrong. And that's on top of his sexism. Where he's, like, oh, he was, like, a women's royal rumble. That's the, my idea of a dream or something. You're, like, yeah. bro, like, shut up. Like, what are you doing? Like his whole shtick of the nineties is like so done and so over and he's just bad. I, he's just bad. I, I can't stand him. And I I've said this before and I, I don't need to rail against this again. Corey Graves annoys me to no end and I'm so over him too. So I'm, I'm happy that Tom Phillips is, is back into a place of prominence because he's, he's great at what he does. And he's also uh, not terrible to look at. Agreed. And hopefully Vic Joseph lands on NXT UK. 
and still has a job yes. there. Vic Joseph is yes. stellar. He didn't deserve to lose his spot on Raw, but hopefully they'll find something for him to do there. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and hopefully this is the last. This is hopefully this is the last women's rumble that Jerry Lawler ever calls ever for it's the rest un, of existence. It's, again, it's like the Santina thing. Like it's unacceptable. Like we can't be having this. It's 2020. These women are, and not. I mean, not that it's ever acceptable. Don't get me wrong, but like especially now when the wrestling is so good and like the sort of like TNA aspect of it isn't even a factor, right? Like it's not like we're back in the days of like playing up the sex and playing up all that stuff. Like it's, it's, these are athletes and wrestlers who deserve the respect of people who know what they're talking about. So if you're going to make idiotic comments about wanting to see women fight each other because it makes you horny or something like please leave yes completely agreed um and speaking of um other things that maybe things that make me horny oh sorry i thought i i i did not think that's what you're gonna say so i went with it but please i am very excited to see where you were going (laughs) i was gonna say things that make me uh want to say just leave um oh okay 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 so i was wrong no well partially yes partially no um i I would say the bailey lacey evans match that's that was the next i believe that was the next match after the women's rumble royal rumble yes and look i i adore bailey lacey evans there are things to like Thank you for your service. Yeah, yes. Please, with your, like, how you really, I know that you really love to make sure that dinner's on the table for your husband when he gets home, but Jesus Christ, these gender norms are killing me. Um, what? It's so weird. It's a, she's a baby face, though. So it's okay. It's so weird. Yeah, it's I, really, really weird. <laughs> it's like, I I don't know. I, I, I was not a fan of any of this. Like, the match wasn't terrible, but it, it was so, like, it was so forgettable. I couldn't tell you one thing that happened, honestly. Um, it, was for, it was sloppy, is what it was. Like, Lacey... I just, and here's the thing. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't love Bailey. Like, Bailey, Bailey has had some of my favorite not just women's match, some of my favorite matches of all time. I think Bailey can be very, very good, but I think Bailey struggles a little bit when she has to be the one who's sort of carrying the load. Like when she's in there with Sasha, I think Sasha is sort of the alpha in a match like that. And I think when Bailey sort of has to pull Lacey Evans along, who again, I think is very talented and very good, but just the two of them, their dynamic. I mean, they're, I, I don't really even know what they're feuding about. They're feuding that. Like Bailey's mean to her daughter, and like honestly, her daughter was the best part of that match. I mean, the the, the <laughs> faces she were making at the camera were like funnier than anything anybody's ever done. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, this girl's great. Can we get like she should have been in the women's rumble? Um, but she's like, I don't know. The whole feud itself, I, 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 Lacey Evans to me is nothing. I don't. 
I don't care. I like liked her better as a heel because it was funny. It was like, you know, this sort of Southern Belle thing. It's like, oh my God, this is woman who like thinks it's the fucking 1940s or not 1940s, I guess what? 60s? I don't know uh, history. Uh, Somewhere but, in there. <laughs> and then she's, but when, right, like, like you were saying, now that she's a face, it's like, I don't like her. Like, I don't agree with what she's doing. Like, it's the same character, but now she, what, she, like, smiles and, like, has a kid? Like, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't work for me at all. And I hope that it's over. And, I mean, I, this entire time, I, I thought we were building to Bailey Sasha mania, which we still could be, certainly. But I'm not sure how we get there now, because... You know, I don't know what Charlotte is going to do. And I, I've seen rumors about Becky Shayna as the as the, the route they're going to go at Mania for, for Becky. Um, and whether or not, I mean, I don't know. If, I thought Ronda was coming back for the Women's Rumble, by the way. I, I, I thought that that was going to happen. And I, not that I was like that upset that it didn't. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, Bailey Lacey Evans can be done. I, I'm ready for Bailey to move on to something else. And I I, I would love Bailey Sasha because I think the two of them, you know, there's a great story to be told there. They've been circling it forever. And I, I think it's time to pull the trigger if, if Sasha is healthy. I, I would love that immensely. So, yeah, as far as Bailey Lacey Evans at the Rumble, I it just was was pretty mediocre. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, I guess my main complaint is this always goes back to the fact that WWE had no idea what to do with Bailey for like the entirety of her main main roster run. And we've gotten yeah. to this point with this character, this like darker turn Bailey that I still like, but you know, I never would have dreamed like looking back on like the Sasha Bailey feud in NXT that we would get a Sasha Bailey feud in on like the WWE roster where Bailey would be the heel. Like it just it, never, never would have clicked in my head. It's no yeah. It, I know it's very weird. And I, I don't know. Maybe we're not headed that way. I'm not quite sure. I mean, whatever, maybe at the end, maybe at the end of the episode, we can do some WrestleMania fantasy booking, just the two of us. If, if, if anybody <laughs> wants to hear my ideas, yeah. but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I don't know if that's if that's where we're going. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can move on to something better for the SmackDown Women's Title. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's what's going to happen here. I don't know if we, I, I hope we don't get another Bailey Lacey match, but I have a feeling we might. Well, we'll see. I don't know how well the saluting <sighs> is going to go over if they do a super sh- another super showdown match where everybody has to smile, and you can only <sighs> smile. Um. Anyway. The next match, though, like I said, I think we hinted at it earlier. We might have uh, reverse courses oh boy. and have gone in completely different directions of our opinions oh. of the current Universal Champion, Bray I... Wyatt, the Fiend. He took on Daniel Bryan in a strap match. Yeah, they, they did. Yep. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Like, nobody can say that that was, like, a good match. I like, can say it was, was a good match. Oh, come on. It was, <laughs> it was interesting. I think The Fiend is an 
interesting character. And I do like the fact that like every one of his matches certainly has a dynamic and it certainly feels like a fiend match. And I think I I was thinking this during the show, like I do appreciate at least that this has an identity to it that is different from everything else. It helps to sort of break up the monotony of a show. Um, It's interesting, but I, I just did not enjoy that match really at all. And Daniel Bryan is one of my favorite wrestlers. And I think one of most people's favorite wrestlers, I, it, it, to me, he's an angle more than a, more than a match. And I don't, it's, it's, he's interesting more than he is. I don't want to say talented because I think Bray Wyatt is it can be and has been a very talented professional wrestler. But for me, it's just not it's just not clicking. You know, I I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about him. Like, am I supposed to hate him? I I, I don't know. It's just none of it really quite works for me. I admire what Bray is doing, but. I don't know. I mean, last time I was on this podcast, I talked about how much I thought his match with the Miz was great. And now I'm like, well, I don't know. It all just kind of feels like the same thing. And um, I I just, I'm kind of tuned out on it. I don't know. I, 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 it's just not really for me, I guess. See, I really like that match because well, one, Daniel Bryan is one of my favorite in ring competitors as well. Um, and I really think that having this be a strap match that went to the level of brutality that it did spoke wonders about what the fiend can actually do. You know, uh, well, first off, let's just, let's just state fact. They took away the red light. The red light's gone. And Thank God. Yes. Like from that was my favorite the- part of the match. I you know what for from the very beginning it was one of my favorite parts as well because that was on the spreadsheet by the way I don't know if you saw that I did see that and I I would have put no because I just didn't know how they're going to pull that off in the baseball stadium I know um, right yeah me either I I sort of wish they had just to see. <laughs> no but like I think that it's a the strap match in and of itself the style of strap match that they did is one that you don't. You haven't seen in WWE for a long time, really. Like, yes. you know, I'm used to seeing the strap matches where you have the four corners. Like you have to touch the four corners so no one has to eat a pinfall. You can right. have like the the you know the JBL finish from 2003, 2004 um, with Eddie Guerrero. Oh, that geez. sort of style match. Um, this was more like Gold does Savio Vega, the kind of strap match that built my fandom uh, back in the day. And, um, like this sort of match, like it had a certain brutality to it that made it seem like more than just a wrestling match. And it, it really catered to what the, they're trying to do with the fiend. I felt like, like much more than him pulling out a giant Joker mallet and trying to hit somebody. <laughs> with it. I know, forgot like, that happened hey, see, like, in a ma- in a match I defended by the way. Oh yeah, no, it's okay. Like it was there. Like. It, it's happened. No, it's, no, it's okay. It, my my fiend. I don't know. My fiend thoughts are just there. They evolve on a daily basis. I don't know. But, I think, uh, sorry, continue. Oh no, you're fine. Like they do. I think that's another reason why I think the character works is that like it's constantly trying to yes, shift think, and yeah. figure out what it wants to do. 
I think it just eventually needs to land on something. And and I think that this match gave a very good blueprint of how to have a good Fiend match in that you don't have to have the cartoony of, uh, elements of violence. You just have to have him be fucking violent. Like, I am so happy that he did not win this match with his sister Abigail. I am very happy that he implemented a mandible claw slam into that. Like, that should yeah, have been was- his finisher from the get-go when he came back. Um, And, like, the fact that you, like, you actually also got to see some vulnerability from The Fiend as well. Like, it's not, like, him taking 11 curb stomps from Seth Rollins and then having the match end the way it did at Hell in the Cell. You know, like... <laughs> Right. You saw some vulnerability from the character. You saw a way that he could lose if, you know, the right things happen. And right. and the fact that you were in there, like, it's, it's no mistake that Daniel Bryan was the person to help bring that out of the character, I think. Like, he has a great wrestling yeah. mind, and, like, and Bray has an awesome grasp on his character, I feel. Um, much better than the people that are writing for it, I think. And Seeing that, I also, I also, I also get the feeling. I think Daniel, uh, I think he likes working with him. I think, I think it's interesting to him. It's something different. I think, I think he gets a lot out of working with Bray, and I think you can kind of tell that. No, I, I, right there with you. I think that he's having a lot of fun with this. Uh, It reminds me a lot of like some of the stuff he was doing with Kane post WrestleMania thirty. Um, in some Dean ways, who's back, baby? There you go. Although he was also advertised for the show, and guess who did not show up? Um, I know. I was shocked. I know. I was shocked he wasn't in the Rumble to at least sort of build a little bit to this like whatever Super Showdown thing he's doing with with Bray. I was like very sure he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, but like all in all, like I, I really dug the match. I think that Daniel Bryan's sell job afterwards was perfect. You know, it really kept building up the fiend, even though you did see that vulnerability yes. in the character during the match. Like I all around, like this was my probably my favorite like match match of the show. Okay. Um, was that one? Now here's here's the question. Mm-hmm. Who who is the fiend facing at WrestleMania? Because I think we, I think despite how the rumble went, I think we both probably have the same answer. Should we say it on three? Sure. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, Roman Roman Reigns. There you go, yeah. Yeah. But like, which to me is a bad idea because we know what these mania crowds can do. These mania crowds love to shit on everything. And I don't think that that match is going to go over well because I think they think that they've gotten Roman to this place in this eight-year-long feud with Baron Corbin that we love him again. He's a face. You know, he hasn't been in the main event picture for so long. He'll finally be back. Don't we love Roman again? And I do not think that the first place to try to exploit that is WrestleMania, where we're going to have him up against the Fiend, who we're supposed to want to just see die and 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 lose. And oh my God, he's so scary and terrible. I don't think that's going to work at a WrestleMania. I think that match is going to go over really poorly. I would love to be wrong, but that to me sounds like it has 
just a, a hostile mania crowd all over it. I don't know. That it, it feels dangerous to me. Here's the only way that you don't have that hostility boil over. Because I, I agree with you. I think that it I, I don't necessarily think it's the wrong move, but I think that you're undoubtedly gonna run into that roadblock if you put him in that match. And the only way that you do not have a complete mutiny Tampa pun um on of this is that <laughs> <laughs> is that the fiend wins. If the fiend wins that match, if fiend if he okay. faces Roman and he wins, let's face it, to the crowd, the fiend is a face. The crowd loves the dude. The crowd well, like, espe- is, especially especially a mania crowd. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like the if the fiend wins that match. Like you have won over a stadium's worth of people, I would think, and then you can save the title change for like you know money in the bank, like a smaller show. I know? think that's I think that's very smart. Yes, yeah, because that way you don't have people just completely shitting on your show, even though you're probably going to end the night with McIntyre being the guy, um, at least coming out of that show. So I who think knows? so, but what a strange thing to think about, like. Is WrestleMania really going to end with Drew McIntyre? That seems so funny. <laughs> I mean, it does. I love but the guy, it also clicks. It does. I know it does. I will be there in Tampa if anyone wants to say hi. I'll be the one. Uh, I don't know. Shouting about. Uh, I don't know. Ricochet. I don't know. Shouting about Finn Balor. There you go. Who doesn't want to shout about Finn um, Good Lord. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Because, yeah, you are right. In my head the entire time, I'm just booking Rowan to beat him at Mania. And that's, that, that is probably, I mean, that is, I think, the wrong decision for many reasons. But, um, yeah, especially because that would be their first match. I mean, I think we probably get there by Roman winning the Elimination Chamber, I guess, More probably. Um, yeah next month and we set up Roman fiend and I think there's the potential for a lot of fun there. But yeah, I think you're right. I I think fiend, if he can beat him and you know, that's their first match they have a prolonged little thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, but I I do think Roman fiend feels pretty inevitable for, for where we're headed. Yeah. Same here. Um, Especially considering that, you know, our main event match, which we're going to get to now, the men's Royal Rumble featured only one SmackDown star in the final like five or six people. And that was Roman Reigns. So like and pretty sure like that's where we're heading. But of course, you wouldn't have known that if you fell asleep during the first half of this damn match. Uh, Can you tell (laughs) that I have fucking salt about this? God damn. I am a. I am of two minds of this. I I truly am. The the first half of the match where Brock Lesnar is eliminating everybody, was I mad? And did I think that it made the company look bad? Did I think it was an unwise use of this very talented roster? Yeah. Was I enjoying myself? Maybe. <laughs> See, I listen. Sorry, go I, ahead. I thought it was no, I thought it was very silly and like it's just funny, like it's just an interesting decision to have this guy who comes in who wrestles like four or five matches for you a year 
and disappears for the rest of the year. Destroy the rest of your roster who are busting their asses every day. And like most of the time you want to make it look good, especially when it's like, I don't know, John Morrison who like just comes back and he just gets eliminated in two seconds. And then what really made me mad, and I do think I yelled, no, when it happened was when he eliminated Kofi. That felt, yeah. that felt bad. Like it didn't feel earned. It just felt it, that made me sad. So while I certainly don't uh, disagree with anybody who had an issue with the first half of the rumble. And I, 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 I'm not saying that I loved the entire thing. I was kind of like smiling the entire time. Well, let's put it this way. Like I recognize what they, what they were trying to do. I recognize the storyline there. And in some ways it, it was effective. Like you saw the reaction from the crowd whenever Brock was ultimately eliminated by Drew McIntyre, or I would say, should say a combination of Drew McIntyre and Ricochet's dick kick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, I love it. I love that Ricochet was just like, nah, fuck this. Like, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was but... such an it was such an earned moment. I think you're right. Like when you think about Drew being the one who won, and now we're gonna get Drew Brock. I think the only real way to make that seem enticing was kind of how they did it. I mean, I I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. I like having Brock being this behemoth, but it's also funny that we're less than a year away from him losing at WrestleMania in like what a minute or whatever. Like it's, they just never quite know what they're doing with him. And I, that's, I I think that's probably because he never quite knows what he wants to do with the company. So it's, it's a difficult thing to do. I would love if Brock was around all the time, but that's just not going to happen. But um, yeah, I, I, I think the inevitable climax of him getting eliminated maybe made everything that came before it worth it? I mean, yes and no. There are other ways you can do that. Like You can have him still be, you know, just a world ender by with multiple people in the ring. But just like it, the fact that he kept throwing people out and then you just have the man standing there while Paul Heyman gloats doing the same, like two or three things like throwing in the title belt and like Brock holding it up and just like throwing it back I'm like out. Laughing like, as I'm, I'm like laughing as I'm thinking about it. Exactly. Like it's, it was just so. No, I mean boring. in a good way. I'm like, I, I'm like, this was great. Oh, I did. See, like it was just I so loved, boring. Did you catch, did you catch them? Well, there were some missed opportunities too. I think like Keith Lee, uh, the Keith Lee stuff, didn't quite stick like when he came out i was so excited and then he just kind of wasn't there very long and then but i think maybe (laughs) i think maybe my favorite moment of the rumble is when keith lee was coming down the ramp and brock looks to Heyman and just goes who is this motherfucker (laughs) yeah okay yeah i there were some some moments (laughs) i love this idea that brock has no idea idea who any of these people are that is so funny like that is a funny thing that they should like run with the idea that brock is like i have never seen nxt in my life i don't know who any of these people are that like i was laughing out loud yeah like him like with keith lee that and then him like basically you're a big boy like yes that (laughs) got me to laugh and i'm glad that they were able to throw that in there but like Oh, like that, God. and then him dancing to MVP's music. 
Like those are probably the, those are the two like Brock moments of this match where I was like, okay, I get I get why they left him in the ring by himself at points here. But also at the end of the I day, think, like yeah. looking back on it, like I just at least the first like ten people that came out, you sacrificed so many people. You sacrificed people that hold titles in this company. Even I if know. the titles don't fucking matter, like you sacrificed like these people that should matter. And you sacrificed people that were surprises. You sacrificed people that just have just come back. And you sacrificed the the most feel-good story of the past year in your company in Kofi Kingston in this way. And he finally never had any comeuppance with Brock Lesnar after that devastatingly stupid title uh, match on the debut of SmackDown on Fox. Like, just the, I'd say from number one to number 10, notwithstanding Elias, like basically calling himself a sacrificial lamb and then getting completely plastered, like, there was nothing really that I could, like, really sink my teeth into. And it just made me feel like this match is dragging and dragging and dragging. And even whenever I got the bits that I could chew on, like, it still, it wasn't enough. It just, it didn't equal out to the the annoyance that I was feeling watching the I rest certainly, of the first half of that match. I certainly get it. I certainly get it. And I, I, I do feel many of those same things that, that you did. But all in all, I think it was successful. I mean, you know, what are they trying to do? I mean, they're trying to build to a WrestleMania main event. Um, and we have to believe that Brock is, you know, this behemoth who can't be beat. And you have to build up the guy who is going to challenge him. I mean, we're looking at a WrestleMania here, potentially, that is kind of lacking in star power in, in, in sort of a major way. I mean, I don't know what the plans are. Who knows? There's still over two months to go. So, so much can change. But, you know... If, if our main events are, you know, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Fiend, Becky, Shayna, uh, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, unless we're getting, like, if Cena's coming back for something or if Triple H is going to fight somebody or whatever, like, it's pretty low in terms of star. I and mean, Ronda could come back, who knows. Um, but... I don't know. We're we're lacking in the star power department. So I think maybe they're just like, I don't know. We Brock needs to be the guy going into this thing because we have nobody else. And, you know, I think they made him look like a king. I mean, I I get it. And at the end of the day, it was effective. It's just, I guess the it was just super frustrating personally for me. And and I know that I wasn't the only one, but I also know there are plenty of other people on the other side. And it's really hard for me to justify my complaints and because the end did work as well as it did. You know, like I, I popped for McIntyre eliminated him because it was pissing me off. You know? But like I get it. They got me in that way, you know. Even if I do recognize that it was more so not I wasn't angry at Brock for being Brock. It was more so just like, y'all are booking this to make me want to just walk out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm essentially playing devil's advocate here, but I, 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 I cause I, I hear everything that you're saying. The, yeah. you know, the big thing that we haven't talked about rumble wise is, you know, uh, you think, you know, me yes. comes back, which they, Fucked up his return so badly as they tend to do. It's not that hard 
Um, but I don't, I mean, it's like, God, you guys know this is happening. Whatever. So Edge comes back. I, I mean, well, I, this, I guess this is a match. I didn't, I mean, Edge, Randy Orton at Mania, who knew that I would be so excited? I mean, it's 2020 and here I am saying (laughs) Edge Orton Mania is like my most anticipated match. It's, I mean, I thought what they did in Raw last night was really cool and smart and, uh, Edge in the Rumble looked great. It was such a fun moment. I'm, I'm on board for that. Yeah, like I, I'm right there with you. I never thought that I would be excited about that match again. But, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And the fact sure that does. Edge has been out of the ring for nine years, like Edge is a, Edge's last couple of years are very like personal to me because I, I got to see a lot of it live. You know, I was there at the 2010 Royal Rumble in Atlanta whenever he came back from the Achilles injury and um and blew the roof off of that stadium with his return yeah um and then uh, his last mania his last match basically mania 27 i was in the building in atlanta that year also so like an edge is a person well i think that means you have to come to wrestlemania this year brian (laughs) it it certainly points in that direction we will see um let's go <laughs> no, but like it was, it was like super. Like it brought me back to like at least like my adolescence, like seeing Edge come back. And um, you know, the rumors have been swirling for like months at this point. But yeah, to finally see him come back and to see him and Randy Orton like meet in the middle of the ring again and just be like Randy Orton say like, "Dude, you're fucking ripped." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like this was the year for Rumble interactions. Like in like in, I want yeah. someone to mic up the the ring next year for these things that'd be fun yeah god i love man i love the right world i'm so sad i have to wait another whole year for another one what a bummer i know but i the uh I, I again i haven't really been on social media that much but I, what i read i think this morning is that edge i signed like a three-year deal is that right have you seen that well i don't know about the exact number of years but it's being reported as a multi-year deal where he will wrestle sporadically on major shows basically this is as long so as his body will hold out yeah well right too. until he, until he dies in the ring but you know uh, whatever yeah. that's fine yeah um uh, it's gonna i mean it is gonna be difficult to like watching those matches is just gonna be difficult but um Listen, if he says he's down to go, I think he's he's down to go. I mean, Edge Orton is such a great, like, kind of mid-card mania match. That is so fun. I think that's just going to be the best. I, I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Really, the second, like I said before, like, the, it's a tale of two halves with this match. Because the second half of this match, I adored. I loved, as soon as, like, you know, McIntyre got his moment, um, like I, I, from that point on, I think I really, really dug this match. Um, the really the only negative thing I can say about it was the fact that Matt Riddle was only in the match for 30 seconds. Um, that was so stupid, but then yeah. I'm sure you saw the news that like he and Brock got into like a legit backstage disagreement yeah. on Sunday, which is like, I listen. I love Matt Riddle. I don't know that that's a great look for Matt Riddle to be. It, listen, I don't know what happened, um, but like, I don't think you want to be messing with Brock. Well, I mean, I mean, us, yes, we in our minds, we don't want to be messing with Brock. I don't want to get anywhere near that right now. But the, also, WWE has to understand what they signed when they signed Matt Riddle. 
this this is Matt Riddle. This is just the person that he is. He builds his own programs. He goes on social media and uh, digs into people to like build up stuff. And even if it's legit, like the Goldbrick stuff, you know, like they saw what firsthand what was going to go on there. Riddle came through that that system for a tryout before, and they they passed on him, but for multiple reasons. This like something like this included. This is just who Matt yeah. Riddle is, and yeah. Like, yes, he pushes buttons, but he pushes buttons in the right way to kind of keep things interesting. Um, and yeah. he incorporates that stuff into his character, and he's like stellar in the ring. And I'm you're not going to get through to him to try and change him by quote unquote punishing him with a 30 second run in the Royal Rumble. That shit does not mean anything to him, like, right. You know, like it's it's the wrong way to send that message if you're trying to send that message. I'm just saying, yeah, I don't know. I I, I agree with all of that. I'm just uh you know, I think if Matt Riddle is gonna be uh and who knows what really happened, I guess, but if he's gonna be kind of starting backstage kerfuffles with Brock Lesnar, I'm not sure that's gonna stand for for the higher ups for very much longer. But I like you know, when I predicted on my spreadsheet who was going to enter number two, because that was, of course, on the spreadsheet, I predicted Matt Riddle. Why not? I mean, well, I guess maybe we know they got in a disagreement early in the evening. Maybe that's why they shouldn't do it. But, like, why not just put him out there? I mean, like, it feels like they shy away from some of this stuff sometimes. Like, they don't want to acknowledge the stuff that they're not themselves booking, which I, I guess I can sort of understand. But... Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I wish the best for Matt Riddle. There's a part of me that feels like he isn't long for this world, <laughs> the WWE world. I hope I'm wrong. I just like, I, I, I watch Vince watching him and Vince like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to picture Matt Riddle as like a successful WWE wrestler. I just like, don't see it. And I never have. And I, I, again, would love to be wrong, but uh, I don't know. He just doesn't quite fit the mold that they uh, that they love. No, he doesn't. And I think he's definitely more suited to uh, being a uh, successful NXT wrestler. I think that yeah. um, Triple H, I don't think Triple H has the same like mentality in terms of that sort of stuff as like Vince and other higher ups do personally, sure. you know, like I, I think that as long as he's under Triple H's watch, they'll be, somewhat okay obviously he hasn't gotten the he's still he's still on the on the come up down there in nxt but yes if he goes to the main roster he's he's done in within two years he's back on and honestly yeah. it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because like the dude ruled the indie scene beforehand if he goes back on there you know he's going to rule the indie scene until uh, i would not be surprised if AEW picks him up very quickly well i was just i was just gonna say and i hate to like reduce it to this but like he is such an AEW sort of guy. I mean, he would fit in so well there, you know, like, so, you know, whatever, worst comes to worst, he has another life there. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being an NXT, I mean, an NXT guy. I mean, you know, Finn goes back there because he wants to, you know, have interesting stuff to do. And, you know, you look at Undisputed Era, I mean, if you're Adam Cole or, or anybody, like, why leave? I mean, why would you want to come up to SmackDown and yeah. do what? Like, you're going to wrestle, like, 
I don't know. Who's even on SmackDown? <laughs> you know what I mean? Dang. Like, I mean, you're, you're going to come up in a match. Well, of, listen, of course. <laughs> but I'm like, he's going to come up and wrestle like Robert Roode, you know? And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. It's such an interesting landscape right now with, with where we are in wrestling. Like, to be an NXT guy is, is certainly not a bad thing. I think people should uh, be leaning into that maybe as much as possible. So, like, Matt Riddle was standing, whatever his status is going to be long-term with WWE. We do come out of this with a new number one contender for Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. We come out of this with a number one contender for somebody in Charlotte Flair. And we clearly have at least some of the first, like, paved roads for uh, for WrestleMania so far. So, all paving in all... those roads, baby. Exactly. All in all, what would you... What do you come away from the Royal Rumble feeling this year? Um, I think a, a little bit of optimism. I mean, you know, like we were saying, I think Mania is going to be interesting this year. It's, it's, I, I kind of thought Ronda was going to come back and that might add some intrigue and some star power to the, to the whole thing. And she didn't, I, I, I like where we're headed though. I mean, I think Drew winning is, is a fun choice and, and provides for an interesting feud. I'm excited. I mean, it's the amount of talent that they have right now. It's almost hard to craft a mania card that is not enticing. And listen, they they could certainly do, they could certainly do it. But I'm excited. I I, I think it's going to be a, an interesting WrestleMania, if nothing else. Like we're not getting. Like I said, barring some sort of like CM Punk, John Cena, surprise return, The Rock, whatever, something like that. We're not having some like big, big marquee match because I don't think Roman Fiend is that. I don't think Brock Drew is that. It's all sort of even. Like everything sort of feels about the same in terms of importance. Um, But I'm excited. I mean, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about, like I said, and I, I'm ready. I think you know Edge being back is fun. I think Edge Orton, like I said, is going to be is going to be fun to watch, and we'll see. I I, I hesitate to say that I think Mania is going to be good because it's it's just going to be you know 14 hours long, and I'll fall asleep in the middle. But it's going to be <laughs> it'll be a good time. I well no, I'm going to be there this year, so I can't fall asleep. Oh, um, you can still fall asleep. No, well, I know I probably will. I've um, been in that stadium in Tampa. You can fall asleep in it. Well, were you there for a Buccaneers game? No, worse. I'll tell you Is off that... air. <laughs> what? Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yes. Interesting thing about my Southern Baptist upbringing. Anyway. Oh wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I, I I try to be optimistic about these things. I think there's reason to be. And uh, let's see. I, I, I'm ready to go. I thought Rumble was fun. And uh, let's see where things take us. I mean, we got still TakeOver, Portland. Wait, are you going? I I may be going. I just, we'll thought, I just connected those dots. Yeah, we'll see. We, we'll see. It depends on, on other things going on. But I'm I'm looking at it, same yeah. way as I'm looking at Tampa. I'm looking at it. You gotta come. Um, I know. Uh, yes, we have that, and then we have Elimination Chamber, which is always 
Well, whatever. I sort of love a gimmick pay-per-view. Don't hate me. Um, I, I like a good chamber match. That's yeah, fine for, by me. for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm on the road. I'm 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 happy to be driven along this road. We will see where it takes us. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to chatting with you about all of it. Definitely. Like I think, like much along the same lines as you. Like this is going to be a very intriguing year because this is the first year where they have either made an effort or they just simply don't have the the past stars to rely on. Like this is really like this is a main this is a current roster show more so than yeah many years past. And I'm very curious to see if they can put out a show that stands on its own two feet with just the roster. I think they can do it. I just don't think Vincent Mann has had the confidence that they can do it for the past like I five think that, ten yeah. years. I think that's exactly right. I, I think that they they obviously have the talent to do it. I think they just need to lean into good wrestling. But that's that's difficult to do for WrestleMania when you have so many outsider eyes on it who only watch WrestleMania once a year and kind of dip in to see what's going on. And, you know, I think, honestly, I mean, Edge is a big deal for a lot of people. I think, like, people texted me yesterday who don't watch wrestling anymore who are like edge is back and like yeah <laughs> um you sort of forget what a big deal that edge was um so that's that's there as as maybe a, an invitation for people who used to watch who don't watch anymore but yeah it, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens and i mean you look at like what is seth rollins going to do at wrestlemania i mean he's he's mm. in this weird thing, obviously, with with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Like, I think I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about, like, you know, it feels like the obvious mania angle would be Seth and Buddy Murphy against Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe for the tag titles. And we got that last night on Raw. So, there, you know, there's still two months worth of storytelling to be done here. So we have a long way to go, but... um yeah, I, it's going to be interesting because I think you're right. Like we're, we're missing, we're missing a Rondo, we're missing a Rock, we're missing a Cena, um, we're missing an Undertaker. I don't know. They'll probably all be on the card. <laughs> it's going to be like Cena, Undertaker again, and who knows? I, I mean, I don't know. It, it would be cool if they just if they realized the the talent that they had on the roster and just and went with that. But I don't know, man. We'll see. That's all we can do is just wait and see how everything plays out. That is all we can do. Yes. Well, until our next stop here on the road, WrestleMania, Daniel, let everybody know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Dan Trainer One D A N T R A I N O R. Uh, I you know tweet about wrestling and a bunch of other stuff. I tweeted about the Bachelor earlier today. If anybody's watching the Bachelor this season, please hit me up. I need people to talk to. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. My podcast, same team, is on the same feed as this. So listen to that if Definitely. you uh, if you want. Rad. Once again, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh man, listen, anytime to talk wrestling with you, I'm I am down and I, I look forward to chatting post elimination chamber. Can you only imagine where we're gonna be in a few weeks? God, how the tides will have turned. They always seem to.
They, they listen. <laughs> they, they certainly do. They yes. certainly do. I swear these WWE recaps are starting to reflect how long the WWE shows have gotten. I can only imagine what WrestleMania is going to be like coming up in a few months. Uh, well, anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, our Royal Rumble breakdown. By huge thanks to uh, both Sam Didier and Daniel Trainer. Of course, you can follow Sam on Twitter at uh, GayFrogAndToad. And uh, you can follow Daniel on Twitter at DanTrainer1. Um, and come back next week because we'll have the full, our, my full interview with, with Sam. And we get into a lot of fun uh, stuff about like, the community building, how they uh, came to pro wrestling, and how really how wrestling Twitter kind of helped make them feel comfortable within within the fandom um, in a lot of ways. We also get into some more talk about transphobia in wrestling, which is, you know, always interesting. But, no, it was a really, it was a really fun conversation, and I'm really glad that um, I'm really glad that Sam uh, came on the show. Um, but that's for next week. Um, for this week, we have to offer up some more thank yous before we get out of here. Uh, most notably, to Daniel Quasar, the designer of our Progress Pride flag that we use in our logo. Um, well, it's not our flag, but we use <laughs> we use the flag in our logo. There we go. Walk a moment. The Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. Find out more at quasar.digital. And, of course, a big shout-out to Sarah in the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. It's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. And then, of course, check out my uh, video game news podcast that I do every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Myself um, and two awesome Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin, we get together and we talk about the weekend gaming news. Um, and it's always a fun time. I always seem to, uh, go on a rant about workers' rights, because workers' rights. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Well, I, actually, no, I almost forgot to... I almost forgot our own plugs. Uh, follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. And, yeah, keep downloading. Keep spreading the word. We're growing, and I love watching every bit of what's going on with this show so far. And It's only going to get bigger and better from here. We're just going to keep growing and keep going and getting our voices out there. All of our voices. Every voice within this community. But that's going to do it for this week. And until next Thursday, y'all stay messy. Be good to each other. Bye.